we continue on praying. Yahweh, we're telling you again, is with a trembling and a fear that we're standing here to talk to your people. God, use us. If we just depend on us, we cannot be here, Yahweh. But we made ourselves available to be used by you. We trust you, God, because I'm 100% sure that those people, they came here to listen from you, not me, God. We bless you because the Holy Spirit is taking over in every area. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> yes, uh, as the pastor Carl said, my name is Patient Kabuya Matadi. Pastor, we say thank you, and we miss you already for coming back to take your pulpit. You know, that, uh, I was telling the people in the first service that the reason that my wife and I would join the church was mainly because of the word. The word was so real. It was not because of the building, even though closer and closer we're getting close to Nice Avenue with all the lights. And, uh, it's become so beautiful. I love it. Um, today I'll be covering the book of Mark in chapter 8. Uh, I would like you to be very patient with me. Okay, I'll read and then we'll continue the rest. We've been at chapter 8, I'll read from 1, verse 1 to 9. And just this morning, I uh, just realized one thing that uh, I need some glasses. You know, I started getting old and then I was not paying attention on that. Because today when I stand here, I cannot read there. But just a couple months ago, I could. But I don't know what is going on with me. But yes, but that, for that reason, I'm going to read from my Bible. And then we can continue. Okay, if you have your Bible, please, if you have a cell phone, anything, you can open Mark chapter 8. We'll be in verse 1 to 9. In those days, there was a large crowd, and they had nothing to eat. And Jesus called his disciples, and they said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have already stayed with me three days, and they have nothing to eat. And, okay, if I send them home hungry, they will collapse on their way, and some of them have come a long distance. His disciple answered him, where can anyone get enough bread here in this desert place to feed these people? How many loaves do you, ha- how many loaves do you have? He asked them, seven, they said. He, then he commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground. Taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke, the loaves, and they keep on giving them to his disciples to set before the people. So they served the loaves the crowd, to the crowd. They also had few small fish, and they, when, he gave, when he had blessed them, he said those were to be served as well. They, had, they ate, and they were filled. Then they collected seven large baskets of leftover, about 4,000 people, where they, he dismissed them. You know, uh, last week, if you were here, Pastor Jeff preached a very, very great message about the tradition of the kingdom, and I really like it. And uh, two weeks ago, if you were here, Pastor Carl actually spoke about, it was in book of Mark, chapter 6, he talked about Jesus feeding 5,000 people. By the way, Sorry, guys, allow me to do this. I know that my wife is not here for so long. People didn't see her, but for sure she's following us online, and I bless God for her life, and thank you. She's just pregnant, and she cannot be here. Okay, that's the reason why she's absent. But we were talking about that, and then we... There's one thing that's about me. I'm an American citizen. I don't know why I need to repeat that all the time. But I know why, because I have an accent. 
That's why everybody, every time I meet people, people always ask me a question, where you came from? Or where, where your accent came from? I always say, this is a French accent. The next question is, are you from French? No, I'm not. I'm from Congo, in Africa. In the middle of Africa, this is where I came from. But why you speak French? You guys were colonized by French? No, we were not colonized by French. We're colonized by a small kingdom in Europe called Belgium, which in capital must be Brussels. Yes, I realize that in Europe until today, they have seven kingdoms. They have Belgium, that I said, the capital is Brussels. They have Swedish, the capital must be Stockholm. They have Spain, the capital must be Madrid. And they have what, Norway, the capital is Slow. They have Norway, the capital is Copenhagen. Yes, I mentioned six of them. You remember that I didn't mention one. We have England. The capital is London. And why we love England? We love the Queen. She's there forever. I mean, since I was born, my dad also told me that the Queen was there when he was born. My dad died, but the Queen still there. But I also realized one thing about those kingdoms. Those kingdoms have a lot of things in common, but there's two of them that I really like. That these two kingdoms, all those seven kingdoms have two things in common. One, the kingdom is limited on time and space. Limited on time and space. When you're in Belgium, you can just cross the line and then you go to, wait, to Germany. That means Belgium stop by there and then you're in Germany. That when you're in London, you cross the border, you're in France. When you're in Spain, you cross the border, you where? In Portugal. When you're in Swedish, you cross the border, you go to Norway. That means their spaces, they're limited on space and the time. And the queen and the king, they're not there forever. On top of that, all those kingdoms that I mentioned here, they have zero power. The people that they lead on that, they have zero power. The queen have a zero power to change the constitution. In Belgium, they have a zero power. In Spain, zero power. They have no powers, and I don't even know why they are king and queen. But this is not the case with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what is a visible manifestation of the reign of God over every area of our life with a demonstration of power. This is what the kingdom is about. Demonstration, the kingdom of God is not limited on time, it's not limited on space, it's not limited on nothing. By the way, when they ask Jesus a question, if he was the king, he said, yes, I am. By the way, my kingdom is not of this world. I love that because Jesus didn't say, my kingdom is not in the world. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. In another way, my power is not coming from you because you vote me for four years. My power has come from heaven. My power has come from myself by being God. And I come on earth and my kingdom is everywhere. If my kingdom was of this world, you guys would tell me that you don't want to vote me. Now, now my kingdom is from me. I'm God. I have a powerful. I'm so powerful. And for that reason, there's no limitation. We cannot explain to you the kingdom. I'm glad that Pastor Carl is going to come back and continue. He's going to just give us an idea about what the kingdom of God is. But the kingdom of God is so big, so wide, that we have no idea how we can explain that. By the way, if a pastor, someone told you that he can explain to you the, how powerful the kingdom of God is, I don't know which qualification to give to that pastor, but that's not true. The powerful, the kingdom of God is so powerful. Now let's go back our, to our verse of the day, to our, the, the book of Mark chapter 8, and then we're going to notice one thing, that the most of the people and most of the scholars have a debate around the chapter 8 of the book of Mark. Why? Because in two chapters earlier, in chapter 6, Jesus did the same thing that he did also in chapter 8. 
which was feeding people. But the biggest differences between six and eight is where it's based on the location. Why? The first miracle took place in Galilee. And then the second miracle took place in the Decapolis. But what is the difference in that? Galilee, it's 98% of the people that they lived there, they were Jew. Decapolis, 90% of the people that they were lived there, they're actually gentle. And that makes a huge difference already. Why? Because the Bible says in chapter 6, in chapter 6, that Jesus fed 5,000 people. But the truth is, he fed close to 25,000 people. Why? Because in a Jew culture, they don't count women, they don't count kids, they don't count any man that he cannot fight. If you're a grandpa, you're a blind, even if you're a man, they're not counting you. In that case, the people that they were able to count on that day, there were only 5,000 of them, but there were women who were there too, kids were there, grandpas were there, but when you put all those people together, there were 25,000 of them or close to 25,000. But when you go to Decapolis, now in the gentle area, the Bible talking about Jesus feeding 4,000 people. That means everybody included, women, kids, blind, whatever you are, if you were there on that day, you were count. And that makes a big difference. And we'll come back in this part and you remember. But when we get to chapter, to chapter 2, or to chapter 8 of verses 2, the Bible says Jesus have compassion on people. I love it. They have a compassion on people. That's why he said, those people, they've been with me three days already. And if I send them back home, they will collapse because they cannot go home because they come from far and they were following me for three days. They were following me for three days. If I send them away, they will collapse. I have compassion for them. That's why I want to feed them. My question is, do, does the kingdom of God lead you to compassion? Or when is the last time the kingdom of God actually led you to compassion? We say, oh, just, I don't know. Which kind of that? We realize that Jesus realized that these people have been with me three days. If I decided to send them home, they would collapse in the way. In another way, he was talking to us by saying that you cannot do the Christian life without the bread of life. Let me that explain that in another way. The day you decided to become a Christian, you received Jesus in your life. That means you received the eternal life in you. You don't need eternal life because it's already in you. But uh, from that day until the day that Jesus will come back, this is a very long journey. And you cannot do that journey without the bread of life. I realize that the majority of us as a Christian today, you know what we're trying to do? We're doing a journey without the bread. That's why he said, if I send them home this way, they will collapse. How many of us, the last time we get the bread, it was last Sunday where Pastor Jeff preached, and then today when I'm preaching here, because during the week you didn't feed yourself with a bread of life. And then you're asking yourself a question, how are you collapsing all the time in your Christian life? It's because you're running out of energy by not studying your Bible, by not eating the bread of life who's crossed himself. When is the last time? But we need to eat every day. I'm trying to lose weight, but I continue to eat. That's the problem. I don't know if I cannot live without food, but I don't know how you try to do your Christian life with all the social moral in your life. It doesn't work like that. You cannot do the Christian life with all the good ideas. It doesn't work like that. You will collapse. If you do, you want to do the journey that will take you to Jesus Christ, 
You need to learn how to eat the bread. And the day he was teaching the, pr- the prayer to this disciple, he said something amazing. He didn't say just give me us our bread, but he said give us our daily bread. Because this must be a daily thing that you're doing every single day of your life if you don't want to collapse in your journey with Christ. Today I'm trying to encourage somebody. I don't know how your study book time is, but can you find the time to study the word of God, which is nothing else than the bread of life, which is nothing else than Christ, as you know that he was actually the word, and the word that he took flesh, and the word that he dwelt among us. And that is the word that we have in our Bibles, that we need to start feeding ourselves every single day for the glory, so that we can have energy to do the Christian life with him. This is why we're talking about the bread to sustain the journey. What is starting your journey with Christ? What are you doing every single week so you can have energy to do your Christian life? I don't know. But I encourage you, there's only one bread that I know that can give you enough energy. I know that there's only one bread. That is a cross. Cross that we can find in this world. What I love about the Bible, it's not the biggest book in the world, but the Bible talks about everything except nothing. Anything you want to find, how to manage your money, how to manage your marriage, how to manage your kids, how to manage your social life, you can find it in the Bible, which is actually the daily bread. But the question is, do we doing that? And I love this. The Bible said to us something amazing. Jesus said, everybody that is thirsty, come. And then you can drink. And if you don't have money, come and you're going to buy. This is Isaiah talking about the word of God already. And the part that blew my mind, he was the fact that you don't have money, but you need to come to buy. You know when I'm inviting someone to come to me to get something from me and he doesn't have money, you know what I'm going to say? Come and you're going to take. I'm not telling you to come to buy without the money. It doesn't make any sense. But it makes sense in this verse because when they're asking you to come to buy for free, it's because somebody paid the price. That is the person of Jesus. The salvation that we have for free cost Jesus something. It may be free for you, but it cost a lot. It cost God to leave heaven, to take a flesh, to dwell among us, to go to Golgotha, and to be crucified. This is what it cost Jesus. That's why Isaiah said, come and buy, but buy for free. That is the grace that we need to be able. And they come to buy the bread and the bread for free. Come and buy. Let's buy the bread every single day. Study the Bible. Study your Bible. This is what Isaiah is talking about. He's encouraging us. You know, it's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not biased. You see, when you're reading the Bible, you're going to compare two things. I told you about verse 6 and verse 8. Now, let's take something in the context here. In chapter 6, something is happening in the Jew territory where 95% or 98% of them, they were Jew. Now, if you pay attention a little bit, which I'm going to encourage you to go home and check that, you're going to notice one thing. The disciples are the one who came to see Jesus, and they told him, these people, they've been with us for one day. This is in chapter 6. Let's send them home to go find the food. But in chapter 8, they've been with Jesus three days, but they didn't care. They didn't. You know why they didn't care? <laughs> because it was gentle. Why am I going to care about it? The kingdom of God is a bias. Why am I going to care about this? Check what they told Jesus. They said, why we need to care about these people? In your version, it's certain of your Bible, they said, them. I'm asking you just a question. How many these and them people that you have in your life? You know, you know those people there? The, the, the people that they don't look like you. 
The, the, the people that they don't eat like you, the people that they don't dress like you, the, you don't need to care about them. Literally, they're telling Jesus that means you, we are in a territory where there's a majority of a gentle, we don't need to care about them. We don't need to care about these people. They, they were there three days. We don't need to care about them. How many of them are in your life? How many these people there in your life? No, 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 I'm not talking about the flip side. You, you guys see that we, we, we're crossing people from the border. You guys know. That's their, our secret here. <laughs> but we're not talking about But you know that. I'm not talking that in a general level as a church. I'm talking about that in a personal level. How many them that here there? And I bless God that I was trusted by the man of God to be here to be your, the youth pastor of your children. That means you're trusting me by sending your children to me. Which I need even to teach them that there is God, Pastor Carl, and me as a king. Not you. Okay, they are there. They know about it. But when you have a teenager in the house, you have a lot of kings and queens. They think that they have a say. They have opinion. I didn't say this in the first service. It happened even with my daughter. God bless us with a home. I wake up one day, I see one of the empty rooms that was there. She pulled a paper saying Andrea's office. It was crazy. You're just six years old. You don't pay none. But you have two rooms in the same house. That makes no sense. She thinks that she's a queen. There is no king in one kingdom. There's only one king who's God. Not our thought, not our intention. No. But we have a lot of these and the them in our lives. And we need to be careful about it. We need to be careful. The people that they live another border, we see them differently. The people that they don't eat like us. They don't dress like us. We need to be careful about this. This is what the disciples are doing here. They reminded Jesus that those people, they're not our people. Why we need to care about them? That's why I love the, Jesus. He was the God of compassion. He didn't care about the opinion of the, the disciple. He doesn't care about the opinion of anybody in your life. All he cares about is your salvation. And the Paul said the same thing. Paul said something amazing. He said, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no freedom, there's no man, there's no female. We are all one in Christ. The part that I love the most is the fact that they said that we are all one in Christ, not we are all one with Christ. Because if it was with Christ, there would be a debate. I'm in the left side, you're in the right side. No, there is no debate about that because we are all in. There's no white, there's no black. We are all one in Christ. That's why I love this church. We are all one. If you don't think that you are part of this, you are not part of this church. You are not in Christ. I'm sorry to say that, but you're in the wrong address. Flip side is about all one in Christ. But I encourage you to continue with the same spirit. The disciple told Jesus that we cannot feed these people. And the answer was clear. I love the answer of Jesus. You know why I love the answers? Because the fact that he did the same miracle about two months ago, two weeks ago, maybe last week ago, they saw him feeding 5,000, 25,000 people. As soon as Jesus said that, I have compassion for those people because they're hungry. If I was Peter, if I was James, I'm going to come with a bread. I said, we have one. Can you just do the miracle that you did last time? It seems like the disciples forget about everything. I don't even know which type of people they were. They completely forgot. And I think that they did it. It was their ego of being a Jew that was throwing the, working on them. 
And then Jesus said, well, you know what? I'm not going to answer this. Okay? My next question is going to be, how many loves do you guys have? How many that you guys have? They said, we have seven. And they said, can you bring it? Where we're getting that to another point is, can we invest in the kingdom of God with our own resources? I want to pay attention to have your attention in this area. Think about that. In chapter 6, something happened. When it was time to feed the Jew, Jesus sent them out to go look for food. They went and they found a little boy that had five bread and the two fishes. But here, Jesus said, no, we're not going to go look for the food. We're going to use your bread. Now, I think if you want to become part of the kingdom and become mature, it's a time for you to start using your own resources. Now, here I don't want to talk about money. One of the most resources that we have is a time. When is the last time that you use your own time to pray for other people without mentioning your own name in your prayers? When is the last time you did it? We always come at this place and we see how the church looks nice and beautiful and clean. When is the last time you use your resource, your time, to say, I will go to my church, clean the bathroom too? No, you know that? You don't care. Actually, all you know that you find the bathroom clean. Why? Because you have a tendency to use other people's resource. It's a time for you to start to use your own resource too. When is the last time that you take the Bible and then you study it so that you can become a blessing to other people with all the revelation that you get there? You know why we, do, we don't do that? Yeah, because we know that next time we're going to be, Apostle Paul is going to be here and he's going to preach us. You know what we're going to do? We're going to use his resources. The time that he's putting to study the Bible, so it's going to come to bless us. Why am I going to use my time by studying the same thing? Because you know that if you do it, you need to become a blessing to other people. We don't do that. We don't view that. But I want us to become a mature Christian as a church. So we can use, we can use our own resources. Jesus told them this time, you're not going to look for somebody. You're going to use your own bread. You're going to use that. And I realized that the best investment that you can do is by putting something in the hands of Jesus. Because they're all they did. He was to put seven loaves of bread in the hands of Jesus. But the seven loaves, he was able to feed 4,000 people. Can we trust Jesus with our time? Can we trust Jesus with our resources? Can we trust Jesus with our talent? I think we need it at this place. I'm not inviting you. No, I'm just encouraging you. If you can, use your talent, use your time, use your resources so that other people, they can be blessed. This is what Jesus was preaching the disciple. It's the last time we use a little boy food. Today, we're going to use yours. Can you just do it? Can you just do it? Ask yourself a question. What do you have as a talent? What do you have as a gift that it can be used at this place? What? And then something that I noticed a lot, it's the fact that their best, their best ability is your availability. The question is, what is your position? You know, when, when I, was, I get to this part, I thought about it. I thought about that. When you read the Bible in the book of Exodus, you're going to notice that Jesus, God, actually took the people of Israel from Egypt, bringing them to the promised land. Now, if you go to Egypt today, he will take you maybe about two weeks walking. But he took them 40 years of doing the journey. And in 40 years, God was feeding them every single day. Nobody was cooking. The food was coming from heaven, and then they were going out to collect it. By saying that, I want to tell you something. The kingdom of God is so powerful that it doesn't need you at all unless you make yourself available to be used by God. 
He doesn't need you. Because the food can come. I said on that day, Jesus could just pray and the KFC appear. Maybe chicken. Yes, I love chicken. <laughs> appear in the hand of everybody on that day. But he didn't do that. Do you know what he did instead? He prayed, and then because the disciples they were around him, they made themselves available. He took the bread, he put it in their hands, and said, go save the people. What is your location from the kingdom so you can be used by God? What's your position so you can make yourself available to say, God, I'm here. I want to serve. Not because you need me, but because I want to make myself available. He used the disciples on that day. Because they made themselves available. They were close to Jesus. Are you close enough to the kingdom? So God can say, can you do this? Oh, how far you are. You know, sometimes we are far because we make ourselves busy. So busy that we think that God, I don't have enough time to be used by you. You know that your best ability is your availability. Which one do you have? You have time? No, you maybe not. I don't know if you have enough time for that. But God is there. He's looking for you. God is there. He's waiting. But I'm telling you, he's so powerful that he can do that without you. But there's one thing that I love about this. I want to finish by that. The kingdom of God will never dismiss you without using you. Without, without actually taking care of you. The kingdom of God will never dismiss you. You notice that they were with Jesus three days. He could just say, go, leave, guys, and then go to your village. I did enough miracle for the day, but he didn't do that. He makes sure, he makes sure that the people that were fed before he sent them away. If I don't know where you are, but in the position that you are now, I have a good news for you. Stay where you are, waiting for God, because God is doing something. He will never release you without taking care of you. Oh, I want to praise God today. God, I'm praising you for my marriage because I'm still there. I know that you will never dismiss me unless you take care of my marriage. I know that God will never dismiss you unless you, financially unless he takes care of your situation. I don't know what is going on in your life, but I'm going to encourage you to stay there and to stay where you are, continue to stay where you are because God is taking care of business now. He asked the people to stay. They were with him for three days. And when he was able to feed them, now he was also able to release them so they can go. Oh, we praise God because he's doing something in the life of your kids. Just be patient and wait. He will never dismiss you unless he takes care of them. I want you to remember that. Praise God because God is taking care of your earth. He will never dismiss you unless he takes care of you. Oh, we're blessing God also for our nation. We know that he's never going to dismiss the United States unless he takes care of his church here. I want you just to be patient and awake. Know that God is taking care. God is in the business and is taking care. And he will never, never dismiss you. On that day, he could tell the disciple, tell the people to go. But he didn't do that. Instead, he said, we're going to feed them. And they give them enough bread so that they will do the journey. But what I love, and I will finish by then. There was one thing that happened. When you read the Bible, the Bible said there were seven loaves, basket, seven large baskets remained. And I always say, why the leftover? God, you are a God of precision. You can just pray and each person, we're going to have exactly 4,000 sandwiches on that day. But why you make so much? You know why you make so much? Because you were also in a plan of God. The leftover was for me. The leftover was for you. Because you are in the plan of God since the beginning of time. Just be patient and wait. 
because he wants you. If you never receive Christ, I'm inviting you today to come and test the bread of life. So the bread of life is going to give you enough energy to do the journey that you can do. Because the truth is, one day Jesus is going to come back. That is a fact. That is the good news that will come back for us. But for that reason, in the meantime, we need bread that is going to give us enough energy to do the journey. But there was a leftover why? Because you and I we were part of the plan of God. That's why we praise him. We praise him for what he did. We praise him for his love. We praise him for thinking about us. We praise him for taking care of us. Let us pray. Yahweh, we bless you. We praise you for being our God. We bless you because you've been, we've been in your plan since the beginning of time. God, we bless you because you never change. We praise you because you are so faithful, Yahweh. We praise you because you don't dismiss us unless you take care of us. You don't dismiss our children unless you take care of them. You don't dismiss our marriage unless you take care of it. You don't dismiss our finance unless you bless us, Yahweh. We bless you for who you are and we praise your name because you are God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.